We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. We want to congratulate all the smart people that have turned up to church on time this morning. If someone walks in in the next 25 minutes, press ups, press ups. It's all good. It's all good. Um, okay, I just need one thing. Sorry, I'm a little organized. Uh, can you grab my Bible out of my bag? Sorry, I thought I'd leave it in my bag, but then I felt naked. Sorry, did I, I, maybe I shouldn't keep that to myself. But um, oh, there's nothing. You got to have your Bible, right? I mean, I got all the scriptures here, and they're glowing. It's all good, but uh, just something about having faithful, faithful words. Amen, amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, your grace, and and who you are to us. I pray, Lord, this morning that you would get larger in our lives, that we would learn to trust you more. We would grow closer to you, Jesus, and what you did for us on the cross. I thank you, Lord, that we have been set free. And Lord, that we are free indeed. And so, Lord, as as I just speak what I believe is on my heart, Lord, for us as a church, Lord, would you minister into our lives, Lord, here in Dunedin and across in Mosgiel. Lord, we open up our hearts to you, Jesus. We thank you again for all that you're doing in our lives. Lord, as we sung this morning, it was your breath in our lungs, and we pour out our praise. Lord, we give you all the glory. We honor and we need you, Jesus. And we pray this in your mighty name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Well, um, you know, we've been, we've been talking about inviting Inviting sort of across the, the month of September, inviting people, you know, um, whether it's being invited out for lunch or having community or out for dinner, maybe you've been out, invited out on a date. No one's waving their hands yet, but that's all right. There's still time. There's still time. But uh, just inviting people out. Why? Just to build community. Just to build community. Everyone likes getting together. Uh, I mean, uh, there's, there's, whether you're an introvert or an, or an extrovert, you, you, there's still times whether you like you need people. We need people in our world, and uh, I need people. You need people, and so we've been talking about this. We talked about uh, the, how the world needs you. Remember, I talked about the world needs you, and we talked about in Isaiah 53. It talked about what Jesus did for us in the world. We read all of Isaiah 53, and if, I, if you weren't here for that, I encourage you to go and listen to the message or even just get your Bible out and read Isaiah 53 and take some time to just slow down and, and list the things that Jesus did for us. We needed Jesus in our world, but then it goes on to Isaiah 54 because that's how numbers work. And, and, and then it talked about how we're to enlarge. And we were to, to do something that we'd never done before and, and just press out and, 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 and create room in our worlds for more people. And so we were challenged on that. Um, and then we talked about, about God being a friend of ours. We are, or we are a friend of God and learning about relationships on how we could, tr- how we could grow and trust God more. How we could go and, and, and spend more time with the Lord. And how we could be more transparent before the Lord, which was a funny one because he knows everything anyway. It was just a mind game for ourselves. And so, but this morning I want to talk about being a friend that will fight for you. 
being a friend that will fight for you. I, um, I, I, I love the game rugby. Love the game. And right now the World Cup is on. I'm excited. I'm like watching the games. I, I watched the game yesterday, Ireland, Japan. And I was, it was awesome. And I'm the only one excited about that. But uh, because Japan bet Ireland anyway. Anyway, anyway, but I like rugby. I played rugby for a number of years, and I, I, I used to play on the positions on the outside of the, of the scrum, which is the forwards. And then I, I got stronger or slower, and whatever you want to choose, and I slowly made my way into the slower positions. I, I ended up finishing my rugby playing the position hooker, which is in the very middle of the scrum, and you have a prop each side of you, and you have two locks behind you, and you're just in the middle, and it's great. The problem is, though, um, if you are a hooker, you've got a certain job to do, which is to hook the ball when the ball comes into your side, but if the opposition is trying to put the ball in, your job is to try and get the ball out off their hooker, right? It's quite a lot of fun, and all you do is kick. So I always wore shin pads. But sometimes the opposition didn't wear shin pads. And, you know, you do what you do when you play. It's rugby. It's not tiddlywinks. It's rugby. <laughs> All right. And so some, some, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the other hooker would, would get a little bit upset with me because uh, my foots would, you know. But the, my, my foots, my foots. That's good English right there. My foots. <laughs> um, my feet. Shoe. Foot. Right. Um, and I would kick a little bit hard and bruise their shins and it wasn't good. And, and then when the front rows would come up, um, generally fists would start swinging as well. But the problem being a hooker is your arms are tied behind the prop. And so you needed friends in your world that were going to fight for you. They're like, if it, if it got on, it got on, right? We're forwards. We're in the middle there. And, and, uh, and so you always, know, uh, and you always knew that our locks and our props were going to get in there, right? It's just like, like if, something, if, if a punch was thrown, the next thing, in, generally you'd see a lock come over the top and punch someone else. It's it brilliant. By the way, I'm not condoning violence. <laughs> All right. Let me get this out there right now. We are not condoning violence. But I, I am condoning, we do need friends that are going to fight for us. Amen. Not physically, amen? Not physically. But we, we, and, and in life, we need people who are going to, you know what? No, that's, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. And so we need friends who are going to fight for us. In Luke chapter 6, verses 31, it says this. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. We've heard this a number of times, right? We know this scripture. We've heard it heaps of times. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But the thing is, we often think about it as how, how we want people to treat us. I do. When I think of that scripture, I think about how I, well, if I treat someone like this, uh, someone else should treat me like this. And, and that is right. I, I believe that is correct. We, we want to do unto others how we were to do how they would do to us. And so that's what, like, are we a friend that would fight for one another? Would we, would we stand up for someone else? I'm not talking, obviously, and I'll make sure, make sure we uh, get that, uh, not violently. 
But I'm talking about, hey, are we, are we, are we building friendships that are going, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna support, I'm gonna love, I'm gonna champion you, and, and I'm believing that it'll come back to me, but you know what, if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna create a platform, I'm gonna create uh, an environment for us. See, we want people to be polite to us, kind, caring, thoughtful, generous, loving. We want people to do act, be that to us. Uh, you know, if you're single here, you're wanting someone to be romantic to you. Yes, you are. But how do we then? But how do we treat others? You know, uh, you know, there might be a reason you're single. Not paying out any single people right now. <laughs> there might be a reason that you feel lonely. Well, are you just are you outbursting all the time? Are you grumpy all the time? Well, what do you think? No one wants to hang around with that. And I'm going to help you out later about how not to be grumpy all the time. Is that all right? It's good. <laughs> and so creating, an creating a life that will do to others, will bless others, will love others, will fight for others, I think is illustrated very clearly in John chapter 13. We'll read through it. It says this. So before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew the hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that uh, the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, um, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus, Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all, uh, all does not need to wash except for his feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. This is what he meant when he said, not all are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, you, since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. There's a heap going on in this passage. There's, there's Jesus talking about how he's going to be betrayed and how Judas is going to be, be that person. There's, there's Peter having a moment not quite understanding what Jesus is doing and having an argument going, no, you need to wash all of me. And then there's Jesus teaching. He's saying, you know what, uh, in salvation, uh, yeah, I will wash all of you. But right now I'm trying to teach you something else. I'm trying to teach you how to serve others. So his last word is, I have given you an example to follow as I have done. Now, I don't know about you, but 
There are some weird weird people in this world that have feet fetishes. I'm not one of those people. All right. If you are one of those people, fine, keep it to yourself. All right. But washing feet and is not generally the greatest thing to do, especially in the Middle East at that time where a lot of the time it was the servant's job when you would enter into someone's house as they would wash their feet because they'd been walking in sandals and dust and it was all and they need refreshing, right? So uh, I don't know about you, but as Jesus is talking here, there was nothing that he wasn't prepared to do. It's become the slowest servant, the servant that would wash someone's feet. I wonder, I wonder this morning if there's anything that you wouldn't do for someone. I think there is. I know I'm challenged in my heart sometimes when it comes to different situations. I get challenged. I wonder if there's something that you wouldn't do. You know, I had a, an experience once which I thought, oh my gosh, that is unbelievable where we were out with, this, with some friends and, and this, this baby had a cold. It wasn't nice. It wasn't good. And um, it was very, very hard breathing. And then this uncle came along and put his mouth over the nose of the baby and sucked out all of the snot. <laughs> The problem is you guys are focusing on the snot and not that the baby couldn't breathe. Right? Sometimes we focus on the wrong things. Like that is disgusting, let me just tell you. That is disgusting, right? Uh, but, but, but here's the thing though, is we focus on, on the snot, but we don't focus on that the baby wasn't able to breathe. And there was an object that someone said, you know what, there's nothing I wouldn't do because I love this baby so much that I would do that. That's disgusting, but it was needed to be done. That's challenging. I'm not saying you need to do this, by the way, right? But you know what? To, to be honest, I would do it if a baby wasn't breathing. And here's the, same, here's the thing. You would do the same. You would. If you got put in that situation, you would do the same. Why? Because you're a friend that would fight for someone. You're a friend that would fight for someone. You're like, some of you are sitting there going, well, I'm not sure about it. <laughs> well, I hope the Lord doesn't put you in that position. We wrestle. What, 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 what could we do? Is there nothing that we'll do to fight? See, let's, let's, let's be a friend that will fight. Fight for one another. And Jesus washing his disciples' feet, it wasn't just a, Example of what's happened on the inside and what's happened in salvation. He said, go and do the same. Go and do the same. He was teaching his disciples, go and do whatever it takes. Go and do whatever it takes. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 5 through 15. Grab your Bibles and turn to that. Are we good? Recovered from the illustration. All right, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 5 through 15. Mosgiel, you guys all good? You recovered? All right. Verse 5, Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of truths God would reveal later. But Christ as a son is, the, is in charge of God's entire house. 
And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. That is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. When they tested me in the wilderness, there there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them and I said uh, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath and they they will never enter the place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. Verse 13, you must warn each other every day while it's still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and harden against God. For, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God um, just as firmly as when we first believe, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says today when you hear His voice. Don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. I love, I love this context of Scripture. It's giving a little brief history of, of the relationship between the children of Israel and the Lord and the 40 days, uh, 40 years when they traveled through the wilderness. And a lot of the time, they, they didn't never got to the place where they needed to get to. Why? Because they had hardened their hearts. But I love this scripture here in verse 13. And I think this, this needs to be lifted up and even, even expressed. And, and, and I've asked the guys to give us verse 13 in, in the New King James Version as well. But it says this, But exhort one another daily while it is, it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, I believe as a friend that's going to fight for someone, we've got to, got, to, got to exhort one another. We've got to champion one another on. I know we've talked about this in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 and 25. But I want, I want to be a friend that's going to fight for someone. You know, when the fan gets hitteth, when stuff goes wrong in life and stuff is challenging and someone's marriage is going through difficulty or someone's son is off the rails or daughter or someone's got, someone's got a, 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 um, a disease they're working through. No, we need to learn how to exhort one another daily. Oh, well, come here, brother. I'll just give you a hug because Jesus loves you. And now they are good things. They are good things. But I did not want my locks and my props to go and hug the other hooker or the other prop or the other person. And, and I know, well, I wanted them to fight for me. I wanted like, yeah, man, stuff's going wrong right now. Stuff's not happening how it's supposed to happen. But, but if, if someone's not going to fight for me, what's going to happen? See, I just have to end up fighting for myself. And I believe we need to fight for ourselves. But we've got to have people in our world that are going to fight for us. People that will stand up for us, stand up for us and believe for us. See, in James chapter 5, verses 19 through 20, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about forgiveness of many sins. I'm, I'm thankful that someone fought for that person. You know, when, when, when sin happens in people's lives, which it does, which it does. Well, this is what you need to do, this, this, and this. 
Now, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight. If you're going through this issue, we're going to fight for you. If you're going to believe for this, we're going to fight for you. You know, Matt Cornford, we fought for him. We fought for him, and now he's had an all-clear diagnosis, and he's recovering. Come on, praise Jesus. Now, some people fought. Some people fought by being able to be there and, and look after Justine and the children and the family. And uh, some people fought by being able to be at the church and minister and help lead and all that. Some people fought in prayer and prayed and prayed and prayed. Some people fought by this. No, at least, like, no, we fought. We fought for one another. We need to fight for one another. Fight for each other. Believe for one another. See, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, very clearly it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. There's a world that needs us to fight for them. I know we've got stuff in our own worlds that we're, we're needing our, our own fight to come alive. But there is a world that needs us to fight for them. There's a world that needs us to pray for them. This is why when we talk about inviting someone, invite them for a coffee, invite them for lunch, invite them into your world. Pray for them. Believe for them. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. If people don't know the love and the grace of Jesus Christ, that he died and he rose again. I was so blessed this morning when Alice led in the communion with John 3.16. So blessed. It couldn't have been a more perfect scripture this morning to bring out. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son so that whoever believes in Him will have eternal life. I was like, well, no, you know, she could have been there going, oh, well, this is like the most famous scripture in the entire Bible. Um, you know, uh, oh. no. She let out with, with what she believed was in her heart because of what God's doing. God loves the world. We've got to learn and continue to fight. There's people I'm fighting for. We've said, we've, we've talked about this in the life of the church. You know, I've told you about my sister. I've told you about my family. I've told you about the friends that I'm believing for. Come on, who are you fighting for? Who are you fighting for? So, real quick, how do you fight? Left, left, right. Uppercut, duck, no. How do you fight? Well, first, first technique of fighting is prayer. Is prayer. The, the biggest, if you want to learn how to fight, learn how to pray. How do you learn how to pray? Just stop and listen and ask. That's how we pray. See, James chapter 5, verse 16. We're going all around a little bit. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human and we are, as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and earth began to yield its crops. And again, I read this, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, 
you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about forgiveness of sin. I wanna just focus back up on verse 16. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Wonderful results. Come on, when you pray, you gotta believe that you're a righteous person. And I've done a message on this trying to convince you that you're righteous. You are righteous. In the eyes of God, you are righteous. So don't, don't, don't think that oh, these prayers aren't gonna work anything because you've got sin in your life. Yeah, we've got sin in our life, but that's what Jesus paid for, past, present, and future. When the blood of Christ forgiven us for our sin, we are righteous. Now, don't keep sinning because there's other things involved with that, but you know, when you pray, you're righteous. And the, the fervent or the, the, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Come on, like, you know, just, just, you know, I know we're not being violent or anything this morning, but if you did get into an altercation, right? I'll like, oh, stop that. Don't do that. No, you want to bam, right? You want to you, you wanna smack someone. You do. And I'm talking about this in prayer. Please understand it's not violent or physical. I'm talking about, but no, oh Lord, I pray this morning. Now they're, they're good prayers. I don't believe it. But like, what would happen if we just got a little bit fervent? Just a little bit fervent. Now, Lord, get your hands off that marriage. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare that this is going to work out. I don't know what they're going through right now. I don't know what they're feeling. But Lord, I pray peace for that husband. I pray patience for that wife. I pray, Lord, that you would bring a breakthrough. Now, I'm talking about a fight here. Why? Because every marriage that is destroyed, what's the knock-on effect of that? Is there a fight? Because when, when we pray the earnest prayer, now, please don't get me wrong. I believe if your earnest prayer at a lower volume is fine as well. I'm just probably a little bit more energetic. But we fight. We fight in prayer. Why? Because what's the, when we restore a, a wandering believer, I talked about this before, it brings about forgiveness of many sins. It brings about joy into home. It restores person. What about 1 Timothy chapter 2? I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peacefully and quiet lives marked by godliness and, and dignity. This is, a good, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. I urge you, ask God to help you to intercede on their behalf, to pray on their behalf. You know what? Do unto others as you'd want to have them done to you. See, there's going to be times where I'm going to need you to pray for me. Oh, there's not, there's not, there's not going to be times. There are now, all the time. Why? So I'm praying for you. Why? Because I want to be a friend that fights. I want to be a friend that fights. If someone tells me this is going on, I'm a friend that fights. I've written someone's name down on my computer and I pray for that person every day. 
Why? Because the last four people that had cancer and I wrote them down on my computer, I prayed for them every day. They are totally healed. Why? Because there's a fight. There's a fight. Some, man, if you, if, I, I love Pastor Dan Zeltner, our Zurich, um, the Cribbs Zurich pastor. He said, you know, I've labeled my toothbrush Bruce and Helen. Because every time he brushes his teeth, he prays for Bruce and Helen. Why? Wow, there's a fight. There's a fight. I intercede on their behalf. I intercede on their behalf. Pray this way for kings and queens. We've got a local body of elections. Oh, my best. Climate change. Rates and blah, 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 blah. Just pray for them. Just pray. Now, it doesn't mean that none of that stuff is right or wrong, or maybe I've shown my opinion. But, um, but what would happen if we prayed? What would happen if we just prayed? Come on, God. We pray. We pray. Um, you know, it goes on. It says, there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and an apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling the truth. In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. These are the words of the Apostle Paul talking and encouraging and fighting for Timothy. Come on, is there, is there a place where as, as, as men in the life of the church here, it says, you know, I want you to pray with holy hands, lifted up, uh, free from anger and controversy. What happened, men, if we got a fight in our spirit to pray? To pray. To say, come on, God, we've, you've got this. We're believing for this. So the first technique when we're fighting is to pray. The second one is to go in the opposite spirit. Galatians chapter five, and this is about the fruit of the spirit and all that, but verse 16 through 26, is also living by the spirit's power. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us, uh, us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are di- directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When uh, It goes, goes on. Which is just the opposite of what sp- the Spirit wants, and the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite. See, I really believe that if we're going to, to be that friend that fights for someone, we go in the opposite spirit. If, if, if that person's sad and, and angry or whatever, no, you just go in the opposite spirit. Hey, how are you today? Isn't it awesome today? It's a great day to be alive. I'm not talking about faking it, but we just sung the breath, there's the breath in our lungs will pour out our praise. Yeah, you know, we, we go in the opposite spirit. Man, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to pray. But I, and I'm going to stand with you. I don't know if you're having a bad day. Maybe we've got to get all Joel Olstein on them a little bit. 
and, and just send them a Joel Osteen podcast. If you listen to a Joel Osteen podcast and are still angry at the end of it, you need a lot more prayer, right? Uh, no, we, we, we're like, come on, we, we're here. We, we're going to continue believing. We're going to continue fighting. But hey, why don't we just go out for a walk in the sun? Why don't we go out and just celebrate? Maybe it's time to turn on a worship song and, and get the Spirit of God worshiping in our home 24-7 or something like that, rather than just sitting there, oh man, this is how it is. This is how it is. No, we go in the opposite spirit. If your finances are in trouble, this is really hard. You go in the opposite spirit. You be generous. You be generous. Maybe something's gone really bad. Well, then do the opposite. Just praise Him. Sing a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. You might have tears rolling down your face. You might not understand. You might not be able to comprehend what's going on. But Lord, we're going to go in an opposite spirit. We're not going to let the spirit that comes against us destroy, steal, and rob us. But we're going to go with life and life abundantly, life in joy. We go in an opposite spirit. Verse 19 through down, through, down to 21, it talks about all the things that we, that we can struggle with. But verse 22, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces the kinds of fruit in our lives. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, I've shared the scripture a number of times. Why? Because it works. <laughs> it works. I've shared openly the, the, the challenge of trying to be a, a great husband and a great father and kids growing up. And I'm like, man, Lord, every day I just go, Lord, I want to pray in the opposite spirit. Lord, give me patience. Give me patience. Give me kindness. Give me goodness, give me faithfulness, give me self-control. Why? Because of the opposite spirit that, that uh, I've learned in the past. No, I'm going to go in the opposite spirit. Now, do I get it right? Not all the time. No, it's getting better. But there's still times where I go, ah, man, I shouldn't have said that. But I'm going to go back in the opposite spirit. We go back in the why? Because we live by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says if we lack wisdom, to ask for wisdom. And the Lord will give us wisdom. I want to encourage all you men out there. You are awesome, awesome husbands. And you are awesome fathers. And, and, and I want to declare that over you. You are amazing. You might feel like you miss the mark sometimes. So what? Let's get up. Let's love our wives. Let's love our children. Let's pray for them. Let's believe for them. Let's hold them. Let's fight for them. Why? Because, you know, we're the ones that lift holy hands and worship and pray. Amen. Amen. We're the men here. I, I need a grunt or something. Thank you. Yeah, that was manly. How are we doing in Mosgiel? Right. Here we go. A few more minutes. Um. Since we are, verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. 
Now let's live by the Spirit. Let's go in the opposite spirit. Let's go in the opposite spirit. So to fight, we learn how to fight by prayer. We learn how to fight by going in the opposite spirit. And the last one, we learn how to fight. It's a great scene in Braveheart. I'm pulling out all the best illustrations this morning. Where the cavalry were on the battlefield, I think it's Sterling, I can't remember. All the facts are a little bit hazy anyway. They're not quite truthful to actual history. But uh, there's this, when the... the the, the cavalry are, are running down towards William Wallace and, and the army there, and they have no cavalry. They just have infantry, and the cavalry is coming at them, but there's this moment, uh, and if you haven't seen this movie, you have to see it. But uh, uh, where William Wallace is leading the team, and that he's just saying, hold. He's like, hold, and, the, and it's great cinematography, and the horses are getting close, and the music getting louder. He's like, hold. And they're like, la, la, la. And like, what are you holding? But like, these things are going to run us over. He's like, hold, hold, and hold. And just at the right moment, they come up with a great strategy where they lift a whole lot of spears up. And we'll finish the example there because it got a little bit gory. But they, he just, just uh, the last thing is I want you to hold. When it comes to learning how to fight and be a friend for one another, hold. Just hold. What do we hold? We hold on to hope. We hold on to hope. I don't know what's going on right now, but we can believe that hope is going to prevail. That hope is going to prevail. Like the, the parable of the persistent widow in Luke 18. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they uh, should always pray and never give up. Never give up. Never give up. You're like, oh yeah. No, never give up. Worship team, if you guys can jump up in both locations. He told them this parable to show they should always pray and never give up. Verse 2, it says, There was a judge in a certain city. He said, Who neither, fear, uh, he said, Who neither feared God nor cared about God, about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Come on, woman. Drive, drive us crazy. Drive us crazy. I'm not talking about driving your husband crazy. Drive us crazy in prayer. Drive us crazy in your fight. Like this is this is this this is an example that we can follow. Men can follow it also. But she, she just held on. She never gave up to the point where this judge who didn't fear God nor people in the end got to the end of himself. Why? Because someone didn't give up. 
because this woman didn't give up. Come on, you're here this morning and, 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 and you're a lady. Come on, drive the, drive the judge crazy. Why not? Drive, drive it crazy. Like, no, because in the end, the judge renders a good decision. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to this chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Could we, could we hold on? Could we just keep holding on? Maybe the circumstances are getting worse. Maybe the situation doesn't seem to be getting better. But what could we do? Could we just hold on to hope? Could we hold on to faith and go, you know what? I don't have the answers right now, but I'm going to hold on for you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe. I'm going to go in the opposite spirit for you. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Endures through every circumstance. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Hold tightly to eternal life, to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Hold. Hold on. Come on, you can believe that it's going to get better. You can believe that there's going to be breakthrough. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. If you need me to tell you this morning it's going to get better, I'm going to tell you it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Why? Because we're going to go and pray. We're going to go in the opposite spirit. We are going to hold on to faith. We are going to hold on to faith. You know, just fight for them. I'm talking about the people in our worlds, but also the people that don't know Jesus. I'm fighting for them. You know, I've sent my friend a number of messages. Hey, how about coming to church today? Just a little nagging, a little constant persistence there. I've taken... I've taken my example from the parable of the persistent widow. Could we do the same? Could we constantly continue to pray? I'm talking about people who are missing out on heaven. People are missing out on the relationship and the love of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about, but I'm also talking about the believers of Christ, the followers of Jesus as well. Yeah, I understand the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life. But let's be friends that fight. Let's be friends that fight for one another. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't we stand at our feet? We're going to pray in both locations. In a minute, I'll hand back to Tammy. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.